0: Hello, Duke fans, and welcome to episode 143 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. Coming to you for a, I guess, slightly special edition. It's Thursday night, January 17th, 2019. This show, of course, brought to you by the fine folks at Bird Campbell, PA, uh, with law offices in Florida and Texas. Don't forget, for all of your legal means, BirdCampbell.com. Bird Campbell means business. But we are here uh, on a Thursday night show that we wouldn't normally do. But there has been so much news this week around starting point guard Trey Jones that we felt like we had to we had to get in here and talk about it. So we're going to talk about the uh, the game against Syracuse on Monday night that did not go the Blue Devils' way. We'll talk subsequently about the Trey Jones injury and what it means for Duke. And, and thankfully that we got a little bit of a reprieve in the news tonight. It sounds like he's going to be coming back maybe sooner than expected. So I'll introduce the guys, and then we'll get right into it. I'm Sam Klein, of course, coming to you from Durham. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Donald Wine in Washington, D.C. Donald, good evening.
1: Uh, I th- hey, guys. Uh, I, I know people out there either believe in God, they may believe in another deity, or they may not believe in anything at all. But I thank all of you for praying anyway, for Trey Jones' shoulder.
0: <laughs> and, of course, uh, Jason Evans' signature laugh coming to you from Atlanta. Jason, hello.
2: Yeah, D- Donald, that was great. That was the perfect way to sum up the fabulous, fabulous news
0: we got today. All right, so we're gonna let let's do this. Let's talk about Trey Jones's uh, injury and his status first, and then we'll kind of loop back and and mix that in with a with a review of the Syracuse game. The unfortunate Syracuse game and and then we'll um, quickly look ahead again at uh, tomorrow or at at Saturday night when Duke hosts Virginia with. It appears not Trey Jones, but with the rest of the lineup intact. So we'll we'll sort of reset our expectations for that game. Let's just quickly, uh, though, talk about Trey Jones. So the the story was Monday night, Trey hurt his shoulder in the opening minutes of the game against Syracuse, of course, as everyone saw. He went down, was, was helped off the court, and didn't return to at least the public viewing area of Cameron the rest of the evening. Uh, things did not seem good. In the 24 hours after that, it sounded like it was going to be a pretty serious injury. There was some talk that perhaps he might have to miss the rest of the season or most of it. Uh, I personally was uh, having really, really bad flashbacks to 2011 and the Kyrie Irving uh, toe injury that, of course, among other things, started the the great Duke Basketball Report um, forum uh, tradition of starting vigils around, around players' injuries. Uh, So there was immediately a a Trey Jones shoulder vigil going on. People were speculating all over the place about how long he was going to be out. And then come today, it was Thursday afternoon, when we got the news was reported sort of widely by a number of outlets that um, Coach K
2: really It really came off of an interview that Coach K did with The Athletic. Oh, okay. Okay. We should cr- yeah, we should credit the athletic.
0: Yeah. Credit the athletic for for getting the scoop that Trey Jones uh isn't going to be out, quote, long term. So we're we're thinking now it's perhaps only going to be a couple of weeks. Perhaps Duke is able to get him back before that second Virginia game. Um I think that's the that's the date that everybody or that a lot of folks I would say had had circled on the calendar. So I'll throw it to you, Jason, first. Um, what was your reaction to the news initially on on Monday night and how are you feeling and how are you feeling now three days later with the kind of updated vague diagnosis from coach K?
2: Yeah. So, uh, Monday night I was absolutely despondent. In fact, I remember midway through the game saying to a a few folks that I was texting with and talking to, I said, I actually don't care what happens in this game. I'm like, this game is meaningless compared to whether or not Trey Jones is healthy and able to play, um, for Duke. Uh, especially once we get into March. Um, and then we got the word of the AC sprain, which can be all the way from a grade one to like a grade five or grade grade six. And if it had been at the upper end of that scale, if it had been like a four or five or six, we might've been looking at surgery. We might've been looking at losing this guy for the entire season. And we'll get to the Syracuse loss in a little bit. The Syracuse loss, I think, shows you how valuable Trey Jones is to this team. Because <laughs> that was yeah. not a, that I, I, was not a good team that we lost to. <laughs>
0: I, I think that was sort of the the worst version of what this team looks like without the point guard because obviously they they didn't have any time to prepare to not have him on the court. So Jordan Goldwire was playing extended minutes. RJ Barrett was bringing the ball up. Yeah, I was I was in your court. I I was I was pretty I was pretty upset about it. And you know we, we obviously didn't know throughout the game if he was going to come back, what was going to happen. But I also heard the news Monday night and was like, if this team doesn't get Trey Jones back by the end of February. Um, their hopes of winning a title are severely diminished. And like I said, I was thinking back to the 2011 year when that team was still a, a number one seed uh, with Nolan, with senior Nolan Smith running point while Kyrie Absolutely. was out. That team, that team was still excellent, and but w- was not able to quite meet its potential, and, and ultimately lost in the Sweet 16, even with Kyrie Irving back on the court. Um, just because they they never quite got back in their groove. Donald, were you wait, wait, similarly? Wait, I, yeah. Dude, what?
2: You never let me f- You cut me off and never let
0: me finish. <laughs> Dude, look, Talking that's just about how
2: excited I am now.
0: <laughs> oh, well, fine. Uh, tell it. Tell us that then. I was going to ask Donald how excited <laughs> yeah, he was. But so, Jason, why don't you Jason, you're really the personality here. why don't you why don't, why don't you, you really share that with the people?
2: No. So, yes, uh, this afternoon when the news came down at um about three ten, three eleven 311 p.m. Um, give or take. Give or take a minute or two. Uh, I, I was absolutely elated. Because, uh, you know, Sam, I, I even think that you overstated it a little bit. What we've been getting now is that they haven't ruled out Trey Jones playing this weekend against Virginia. Now, mm-hmm. I think he's probably not. He he has not practiced yet. He's just doing a lot of rehab kind of stuff at the moment, Um, you know, trying to stay in shape. And also, they're working on things that to hopefully make this uh, shoulder a little bit better. But um uh, you're talking weeks, you're talking the second Virginia game. I think it is entirely possible, um if not this weekend, that he will be back at some point next week that we're gonna be you know, we'll be able to count on one hand, maybe just the fingers, not even the thumb, the number of games that Trey Jones will miss, and I'm including the Syracuse game in that. So, so I'm I'm elated. I think this is as good a news as we could possibly have gotten um, about this injury. Now, right. now go to Donald. All right, <laughs> all
0: right, Donald, your your emotional roller coaster from this week.
1: Okay, so I, I'm going to tell you exactly uh, what I said on Monday when he went down. Um, and for those of you out there with children, you might want to leave the room. I literally said, "Fuck." Because I saw Sarah.
0: Did it fade like that in real life?
1: It did. <laughs> because I didn't know how else to express. I also was holding a baby, uh, not mine. Um, so I had to make sure that I muted it so that kid did not grow up. You know, does not grow up thinking that that that's it wasn't
0: the said. kid from. He uh, wasn't the kid from Meet the Fockers, right? It was not.
1: No, it was right. not. Um, he, he. No, it was not. So, um, yeah. So I was devastated. It, it was one of those things where. You know, just this last episode, we were talking about the the monikers you could throw at Trey Jones's game MVP, unsung hero, however you want to call it, indispensable. We we learned the hard way on Monday night that that's exactly what he was, and then some. Um So for him to you know not be out and and, and like you, Sam, I, I I look behind me as I record in my in my room and. I have two posters up. One is of the 2001-2002 team, one is of that team that you mentioned, the 2010-2011 team. Those are the two teams that in my opinion probably should have won the national championship but didn't because of different things. And for, you know, that year with Kyrie Irving when he went down um having went to that Michigan State game the day bef- uh, like the game before, he got hurt. It it was like a gut punch because I really I still feel that that team would never have lost like they were that good um, oh coach k
2: says it coach k says they would have gone undefeated
1: they would have gone undefeated if if that injury does not happen now i also think that a lot of things would have changed there would not have been a nolan smith that played his, his ass off and i mean he would have but he wouldn't have been a national player of the year candidate he probably would have been uh one of those candidates but kyrie Irving probably would have run away with it but in the end i'm going back to trey jones him being uh really not ruled out of the game on Saturday. Um, that I, I don't think he's going to play. I think that's more of a tactic because now, in a smart one, Virginia has to plan for have to have two game plans one for a Duke without Trey Jones and one for a Duke with him, uh, in the lineup. So, I so I think, basically,
0: one, one, uh, one lineup where Duke has a pressure defense playing full court and one where they don't
1: exactly. Um, and that's smart for for them to say he's, and and honestly, I don't think it's gamemanship. I I think he really is. He's, they say he's responding to rehab. uh, And I think that is going to be a big boost, not just for the team, but for the fans that are going to be in Cameron on Saturday night. I think that little boost to hear that he might play, I think he might warm up, he might dress and then we'll, it'll be a waiting game as to whether or not he actually gets off the bench. I don't think they're going to uh, you know, have him out there in street clothes, um, I think it might be something where he could be in uniform and just not play. And if that's the case, that in itself is going to be a big boost to this team uh, heading into Saturday night.
0: Yeah, so let's um, quickly kind of kind of bring it back and talk about what happened the rest of the game. So we we know that in the first six minutes against Syracuse with Trey Jones on the court, Duke came out to like an 11 nothing lead or so, and uh, the Orange looked like they had no idea how to had to beat the the one man pressure defense of Trey Jones? Then he goes down, and Syracuse almost immediately uh, grabs the reins and never lets go, including making one of the craziest shots I've ever seen live in a game. Was uh, was right at at right before halftime. Syracuse hit a three pointer from about eighty feet from the basket. Um, so uh, Donald, why don't you? Why don't you just keep going here and and talk a little bit about that game and and what kind of the the pressure points were for Duke in in addition I guess to outside of just the just the Trey Jones injury.
1: Uh I'm not sure who I saw this from on Twitter just before the game during the day on Monday. Uh but it was a stat that said that against the zone this year, we've only shot 42%. Now as a team for the year i'm pretty sure we're we're either close to 50% or or over 50% from the four so that is a very noticeable drop off and i think it's because we take we we force ourselves or we settle for a lot of three point shots and against you know syracuse that was that was a, no exception we shot 43 three pointers and only made nine of them and if we're making you know 10 15 you know 10 to 12 we win that ball game, even with you – know, in, in spite of everything that happened. So uh, I'm not sure what it is that we are uh, so bad against the zone um, and shooting so poorly against the zone, but I think it's because we're settling for all these jump shots. Meanwhile, R.J. Barrett went off for 35 points and 10 boards. R.J. Barrett had 23 points and 16 rebounds. Uh, Mark Reese bolden had 12 points and 11 boards. So what am I saying? I'm saying we didn't get the ball into the paint enough because those guys – I mean, I know RJ took thirty shots. I know Zion took twelve or twenty, but they were very effective inside the paint, and we weren't getting the ball inside the paint enough. Uh, I mean, that's Sarah all 20. that was.
0: That's like all that was working because the outside shooting was a was a disaster. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I don't I mean, know what the I don't know what the intimidation factor was with the with the zone defense. Jack White went over for ten, I believe, from three point yep. range. It's like it, for whatever reason, the shots just weren't falling.
1: And, well, and, and, and did, one, and one, one final note. I uh, got go one final note. One final note is that Zion, what he was best at, was when he got the ball right at the free throw line, right in the middle of that two-three zone that uh, Syracuse does, and he would take that either pop, a, you know, pop a jumper right there, or drive to the hole, get a shot, and get an and-one. What do they need to do on Saturday? I don't want this to become a sense a, a season where teams say we're just going to do zone and hope that they have a bad shooting night, which is has been more often. Um, And I think that is, you know, one of the things that I'm sure coach K is working on in practice, how to play against the zone to get our guys in the position that they are most successful in. Go ahead, Jason.
2: So I I was going to say really quick, I was going to say, I don't think Jack white took a bad three. He didn't force any three pointers, right? Uh, He he didn't have a bad one. All, All 10 of them were shots where when he put it up, I went, that's a good shot. He should make that shot. And he didn't make any of them. Uh, look, there's a great stat from this game, um, uh, a, a few of them, that really sum up what happened. In the first six minutes when Trey Jones was playing, Trey Jones by himself had four steals. The remaining – oh, wait, wait. I was going to say the remaining 34. It's not 34. It's 39 minutes because we played overtime. The remaining 39 minutes of the game, the rest of the game, Duke had four steals. So Trey had four in six minutes – the entire rest of the team had four in the other 39 minutes. I mean, that shows you the difference in the pressure he's able to put and what we had um, when we didn't have him. And, and I'll give you another great stat. So, a key thing that people look at in terms of defense is effective field goal percentage defense. You know, how, uh, what, what, are, what are your, what's your opponent shooting when you factor in three pointers and stuff like that? Um, and ideally, you know, a good defensive team holds their opponent to less than a 50% effective field goal percentage defense. Duke has held their opponents under 50% in effective field goal percentage in every single game this year, except two of them, Gonzaga and to Syracuse. That's all you need to know, right? So what you're
0: saying is it's important. Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. I'm saying it's a pretty good indicator. When Duke holds a team below 50% in effective field goal percentage defense, they're undefeated. When the opponent is above 50% in field goal percentage defense, Duke is defeated. We're 0-2. So, and I absolutely think this Syracuse team, you know, congrats. They, They did a great job winning the game, but they're not that great a team. They beat us because it took a perfect storm of things going wrong for Duke. One of our super freshmen was sick and didn't play at all. Another of our super freshmen busted up his shoulder and played five minutes. A team that is among the worst in the country at shooting. We highlighted this in the preview. You know, I talked about it. Uh, uh, Syracuse is is among the worst three-point shooting teams in the entire country. In this game, they hit almost 50% of their three-pointers, and they continually— Especially down the stretch, they were throwing in off-balance, contested 18-footers. Worst shot in basketball. And they were throwing them in. Syracuse won't play this well again at any point in the season. And and then the last thing, Sam, you brought it up. They threw in a three-quarter court shot. Now, look, one shot, I know it's only three points, although the game went to overtime, so three points ended up mattering a lot. But I want to be clear about the three-quarter court shot that they threw up and went in. Think about college basketball over the course of the entire season. You see guys hitting half court shots, shots just over half court, with some degree of regularity. I mean, Sports Center, any anytime it happens, Sports Center puts it on their broadcast. And in all of college basketball, you'll probably see a half court shot hit, you know, every couple few days. You know, they're probably maybe two or three of them a week, guys. You agree? That's about right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, probably Rod. I mean, over the course of the season, yeah. Probably yeah. I exactly that.
2: Okay. A three quarter court shot, you'll see maybe one or two of those all season long. We're talking probably what is it uh three hundred and fifty teams playing thirty games each, nine thousand games, nine thousand games. you'll probably see one or two three quarter court contested shots hit in the entire season. They are incredibly rare, and we had one happen to us
0: it, and it, it was, was a perfect
2: storm that
0: i mean that that was not even like a like a regular one of those shots i mean it was it was somewhat contested and and still went in that was it was nuts um it it was it was completely nuts duke duke got unlucky in a number of ways on monday night i I don't expect that especially if trey jones is back the next time duke plays syracuse i imagine that duke will win in the carrier dome but we'll we'll obviously get to that game uh when it comes i did want to kind of turn ahead and and talk just briefly about what it's going to look like for duke likely to not have trey jones on saturday i know that we we, we said that we're accepting the possibility that he's going to be back on the court for Duke. Um, but let's assume, let's assume very briefly that uh, that Trey Jones is not going to be suited up for the blue devils. Jason, what are you, what are you going to be looking for in this game? If Trey Jones isn't out on the court for Duke, I'm
2: going to be looking long. And by that, I mean, I think Duke is going to put an incredibly big team on the floor. You're going to see, Probably six seven R.J. Barrett playing the point guard, um, Cam Reddish at six eight may play a little bit of the point guard. I don't think you'll see a lot of Jordan Goldwire. I like Jordan. He he's a nice player and and he'll get some minutes for us. Um, he's doing his best with what you know he's he's been given from from an athletic and skill standpoint. But I think against a team as good as Virginia, Coach K is going to roll with his best five, and um, I think that's going to mean. Uh, the smallest guy on the floor is going to be R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. Um, that we're going to have those two guys. We're going to have Jack White, Marquise Bolden, and Javon Delorier and Cam Reddish. Uh, th- those are going to be the guys going to be out there. The vast, vast majority of the game, you'll see a little bit of Alex O'Connell and and Jordan Goldwire. Um, but Duke is going to be really long, and I think we're going to try and use that um, length and height advantage to our advantage as much as we can against a very, very disciplined Virginia team that, um, God, I, like they're probably the one opponent where you need a quality point guard more than any other game all year because you've got to have someone who can break the defense down a little bit, force Virginia into help situations, force Virginia into, into ways where they're defending um, and they're a little bit uncomfortable in their defense. Um, God, and the last thing is, I mean, Trey on the defensive end, I mean, Virginia's turned into a good offensive team, which they have not been in recent years. And, um, you know, I think Trey matching up against Ty Jerome was going to be a great, great matchup. Uh, and one that, you know, Jerome is the engine that, that, that drives that, that Virginia team. And, and I feel like Trey could have interfered with him in ways that we probably won't be able to, um, without him.
0: Yeah, I think the the big thing in this game is going to be very similar to our analysis from the last game, which was about tempo. We talked a lot about tempo on the on the preview shows earlier this week. And I think that's going to be especially important for Duke. If they can get out and transition and sort of get around UVA's defense, it's going to be much harder in, in the half court without Trey Jones kind of directing traffic. And then I agree with you, Jason, that the um that on defense, I don't know what I don't know exactly what Duke's game plan is going to look like. I think that the um the one thing you touched on that is going to be interesting to watch is the bench rotation. We talked a bit about or I I think I talked about the shortening of the bench um last weekend on the show and how the that that top 7 for Duke is really most of the minutes you're going to see going forward. Obviously, if Jones is out and if Reddish I, I don't it doesn't sound like Cam Reddish is going to have any lingering effects from whatever was was ailing him on Monday. But if if those guys are out, then it'll be interesting to see how much more of Jordan Goldwire or Alex O'Connell we see. Obviously O'Connell is, is ahead of Goldwire right now in the rotation, but without a point guard, you wonder if Coach K is going to to tinker a little bit more given how much he likes having a point guard on the floor. Even though he's he's very much of the positionless basketball five best guys uh, orientation, he still likes he still likes to have a point guard. Um Donald well, well, any other-
2: well really quick what? before you go to, Alex O'Connell played 34 minutes and arguably other than Zion Williamson had the best game of anyone in a Duke uniform i think um arguably i mean he was 4 of 8 from three point land had 16 points in a big game playing big minutes um i think Alex O'Connell probably has earned you know maybe a little more uh, uh
0: respect and and playing time until Trey Jones returns sure but he's not he's not copying much of the uh, much of Trey Jones' like best qualities when he's out there. I mean, he's he's obviously a a very good shooter and um and is is pretty dynamic on offense. I don't know if the defense is anywhere close to that. So um, oh, it's not. It's not. Duke I, I completely has to agree. Yeah. Duke has to figure out a way to to cover up for yeah. that. Donald, did you have any um, sort of final thoughts about looking ahead at the Virginia game on Saturday night?
1: Yeah. So I think you know when you, I was going to mention uh, before Jason did about how Alex O'Connell played 34 minutes and Jordan Goldwire only played eight minutes. Um, so I do agree that I think you're going to see a lot of R.J. Barrett you know, bringing up the basketball uh, and very little of Jordan Goldwire. I do think Alex O'Connell's minutes on on Monday night were a replacement uh, of sorts for Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish, uh, coach in the same interview, said that Cam Reddish is well again and will be playing on Saturday. So we should expect to see him in the lineup and probably see him go 30 minutes, 34 minutes uh, instead of Alex O'Connell. But I do think Alex O'Connell's shooting is going to be something that brings him on the court for, you know, I'd say at least, you know, 10 minutes because I think when it comes down to it, I I think Jordan Goldwire of those bench guys is going to be the last of the bench guys and not one of the first off, uh, even though um, he is the backup point guard. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what Coach K does. I do think the length uh, that we we possess is going to be something that's going to be used. it'll be interesting to see how he does that with the rotations, uh, but we really need to shoot a lot better than nine for 43 from three point land. Because if we don't, I mean, we, we talk about the the tempo that Virginia does. They're very methodical with their tempo, uh, but when they take a shot, they, they normally hit it. They're not, the, you know, especially from three point range. So uh, we don't want to get into a situation where we're rushing or we're having to come from behind. Uh, we want to just stick with them and stay with them uh, because I think in the end, we have the motor to run them um, when it gets down the stretch, but we also need to be in position to go for that, uh, go for that victory the way we can play basketball.
2: Yeah, Donald, All you're right. right. The that, that effective field goal percentage stat that I was talking about earlier, Virginia is the type of team that crushes you on that because
0: they're they're so efficient
2: and uh, their their three point shooting is so good. Right.
0: So we obviously will be looking for a lot in this game against Virginia. I don't think that anyone is is picking Duke overwhelmingly given the absence of Trey Jones, but uh, stranger things have, have certainly happened to the Duke basketball team. So uh, we wish Trey Jones the best. Hopefully he'll be uh, back in uniform sooner than later. It sounds like the news is looking good. Of course, we'll be tuned in on Saturday night, to watch that game i'll be there in the student section and uh, we'll be back in your feed uh sometime soon after that to wrap up that game and kind of look ahead at the next week for duke because of course even though a player may get hurt the the season continues rolling on and we are here for that so for jason evans in atlanta and for donald wine in washington dc i'm sam klein reporting to you from durham This has been Duke Basketball Report episode 143, a somewhat special episode for Trey Jones. Uh, Thanks, of course, for tuning in. We'll talk to you again soon. Duke Band, take us home.